Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Oh, it's so good to see you all. How y'all doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes, all right. Let's begin with prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to once again come together and to worship. So be with us now, in Jesus' name, amen. Princess Aurora, Snow White, and Cinderella, what do they all have in common? Actually, a couple of things. They were all Disney princesses, right? And like a lot of Disney stories, there's some unknown, or not unknown, but some known tragedy. Generally, uh, either they lost a parent or both parents, they had to have some kind of struggle. And then when it comes to uh, another similarity, what is the closing statement to the, at least these three stories? They all lived happily ever after, right? <laughs> Some of you I know are chuckling because the truth of the matter is, is that real in real life? Maybe for some, but I, I know that for many people, life is not always happily ever after. It's a struggle. Amen? And <clears throat> life again, yes, life is filled with many challenges. And sometimes it's easy to become jaded, to become critical, yet we can find joy, we can find happiness. In fact, in Proverbs, there are a number of texts that we'll just glance over that talks about happiness. So for the first one, he who heeds the word wisely will find good and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. There's also where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. A happy heart makes a face cheerful, but heartache crushes the spirit. The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. Finally, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit drives up bones. And so, I believe it's God's desire that we be happy. In fact, there's other passages in, in Psalm 144, 15, it says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And I think there's one more here. Rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> again, I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's God's desire that not only we be happy, but there's something to be said as well as disciples for God 
If you want to minister, should not our countenance reflect our faith and our desire? If we truly love God and are following God, would that not bring a sense of joy and happiness in our heart? In fact, if we're ministering, if, if, we gotta, if we're trying to minister, yet we have such an angry face, is that going to draw people in to the Lord? I've known, a many, I've known several um, angry Christians. Sometimes they stand on corners. Uh, or even in your own church. And uh, maybe well-meaning, but mercy. I wouldn't want to spend lunch with them. And ultimately, we're called to be disciples, to go forth, to teach, preach, and baptize, right? And our relationship should be a reflection of what God is doing in our life. And not only that, we should rejoice. We should be happy. Let's go to a story in the book of Luke, okay? Um, open up your Bibles. So one of the things, at times, we are going to show some verses, okay? But we want you to bring your own Bibles, or if you have your phone or your tablet, okay? We want to make sure that you're also practically opening up your Bibles. So let's go to Luke. Uh, Luke 12, verses 13 through 21. Luke 12, 13 <coughs> through 21. And there's a parable here that Jesus um, gives to a man. Uh, Jesus, as usual, is he's teaching, he's preaching, he's in the middle of, of sharing uh, words of wisdom. All right. Are we all there? Okay. And in Luke 12, someone in the crowd said to him, Telcher, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I don't know about you, but to me, that's kind of a bold claim to tell Jesus. He's not really asking, right? He's forcing him to go over, tell his brother, hey, you need to give me my due. So the message starts off a little awkward. Jesus replied, man, who appointed you I'm sorry, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Now, at the time, so the man referred to Jesus as teacher. That's another way of saying rabbi. And the rabbis at the time uh, had some knowledge. If not, they were pretty knowledgeable about the law. So this guy thinks that Jesus is going to be able to help to resolve his situation because he's supposed to be knowledgeable, maybe even an expert in the law. But then Jesus says, hey, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. And then he tells him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place or room to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build up bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain up, laid up for many, many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? 
This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Okay. It's gonna be kind of a little bit of a troubling, troubling parable. Because especially for the guy who just comes up, he's thinking, I need to get my just due. Now, more than likely what's happening here is there was probably this guy's father had probably died and there was no will either spoken or written down. So naturally, what happens to the estate? It goes to the oldest brother. Okay. Much like as well, the product, uh, parable of the uh, prodigal son, only dad was really kind and generous and actually gave his share ahead of time to his younger son. This son got no such opportunity. And so he's angry. He's feeling uh, that justice has not been done. And so he probably sees Jesus. Jesus is well-spoken. Maybe he truly believes that this, he's also the son of God. Well, who better than to help resolve my issue? And yet Jesus comes back with a bit of a, a different uh, thought. And he refers to him as man. Now, unlike, you know, when, when Jesus refers to a woman as woman, it's a term of endearment. Here in this case, it's not a positive um, response. It's more a matter of really, Jesus is not happy that this guy has just basically told him, you're gonna help me fix my uh, domestic argument with my brother. So, Jesus responds with, who, uh, who, who made me a judge or a divider over you? It's Jesus' intention. Instead of trying to just, you know, tell the other brother to give his brother his due, he wants to bring healing into this relationship. You know, when you have been wronged or let's just say even betrayed, is it easy to forgive especially when you've been betrayed? Let's be honest. No, it's not easy sometimes. Especially in fact, when it's your own family and your own blood. And uh, Jesus here, however, Jesus wants to help mend and repair this relationship. So he, he gives a parable that's talking about stuff, material gains. And in this parable of, of, of this man who, uh, you know, he, he'd he already been pretty successful. And yet Jesus is saying, hey, greed, be careful of the greed that could come out of you. And, and he says, life does not consist in abundance of possessions. And in the parable, there's a certain rich man, okay? It's already indicated he's already well-to-do. He's got enough yet it's not enough for him. So he wants to build upon more and more and more and more. So he demolishes his barns and he builds up bigger ones, building up excess after excess, all for himself. And for him, happiness and joy and pleasure is making sure that he can have all of this, not just because of, He'll have more than enough to live out his life, but he just wants to keep building and building and building. There was a sense of pride that he could 
built so much and yet had no idea of who God was or God was not important. And it's here that Jesus says, hey, (laughs) you fool, this very night is gonna be demanded of you. Then who will get what has prepared for yourself? You could be the richest person in the world, but if you have no one around you, is that really a life well lived? Scrooge McDuck, DuckTales, right? He wanted to be the richest man. He always made sure he could have as much money. And it wasn't until his nephews came in that there was some semblance of joy in his life or what's the, uh, what's the, uh, the, <laughs> what's the other story? Scrooge, uh, was it Scrooge? I'm getting my stories mixed up. The Christmas one. Scrooge, thank you. I apologize. I'm just, you know, this is uh, ad-libbing. And so, you know, he, he realized that just living a life for himself was not gonna be satisfactory. It should be lived with others to have joy because really he was a Scrooge. He had a dark heart, it's cold. Jesus is saying, hey man, look, stuff is stuff at the end of the day. You could have all the material possessions in the world, but if you don't have love, it's nothing. So material possessions. Material possessions only provide short-term happiness. Sure, you could get a boat, you could have your brand new car, but if you drive your car, let's just say every day for an hour or two, how long does it take before it feels like it's just a car? Anybody experience that? Or, you know, you could get a boat, you could get a bike, you could get an Xbox, you could get whatever is nice in your life, what you think. And maybe you could, you could, you could take care of it. But if we just continue to accumulate, accumulate, and accumulate, it just becomes stuff. And by the way, when you die, what good is it? Are you going to carry it on with you to the next part? No. The only thing you have is your character and, and ultimately the relationships. So, yeah, material possessions can bring short-term happiness, but they're not going to bring lifelong fulfillment. It won't make you happy forever. Our mindset, of course, in anything should be that of Christ. How do we view the world? Is everything that I do and my thoughts, am I honoring God? And of course, Christ is our greatest example. And, And how did Christ live his life which should be something that we should emulate. And I truly believe that Christ, he had to have laughed. I mean, he hung out with kids and kids are the greatest example of finding joy and happiness because kids, they just want to have fun, right? And, and so Jesus not only wanted to hang around them, but he actually fought for them. And that's something that we're actually going to talk about next week in our next series, where we're going to be talking about faith. Where next week, we're going to talk about what it means to have a childlike faith. Now, something that we have to ask ourselves, what's robbing us 
of our joy and happiness. Well, what, what are you feeding in your mind and your heart? What are you listening to? What are you watching? And are you watching it all day? How long are you on your phone? How long are you spending time in your important relationships? Uh, we have some, a passage we read earlier is Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good for, is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up bones. You know, when I was, I probably was about, I had to have been about 17. I remember this moment in my life distinctly. Um, I can't remember because it was so long ago, but I was in a period of my life, I was a teenager and uh, I thought my whole world was like, oh, it's, it's, it's over. Um, <laughs> I thought I knew everything. And there was a, a period of my life where probably for a couple of months, I just was in a funk. I, I probably was depressed. And uh, I remember being in my friend's suburban, Bjorn Gunnarsson, the Gunnarsson family, they had a silver suburban, I think, or was it white? And I was sitting in the back seat. And he and his brother were talking, they were fighting. And then some, some, one of them said something really funny. And I started to laugh. And not just like any, ha, 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 ha. Like the contagious laugh, like you just, you can't stop laughing because it was so funny. And I remember it being what a joy it was to finally just laugh. And it had been months since I had, you know, really experienced joy. And, you know, they kept feeding me with funny stuff and I kept laughing. I probably laughed literally for five to 10 minutes around that time and just constantly, and I, the euphoria and the joy that I felt afterwards was just so contagious. And I thought, man, I feel great. And I believe God, it's God's desire that we have that same joy, that same euphoria. So find things that are fun to do. Um, whatever it is that brings you joy and happiness, God desires that you also do those things. So, but be mindful as well. You know, <laughs> I love comedy. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of good clean comedy out there, right? Um, you can't just Google comedy because depending on what something comes up, usually it doesn't take very long for somebody to be saying something that's totally inappropriate. But there are good clean comedians out there. So maybe maybe uh, find something that just is a good thought every day in the morning, especially to give you, uh, to start your day off right with a good thought and a good laugh. Of course, oh, I did have it there. <laughs> we can find happiness by looking at the positives. There's always something good in everything and an opportunity to grow. I know uh, a lot of people this year, apparently, they learned how to bake bread. Um, I didn't learn how to bake bread. But I rediscovered a love of playing the guitar. And not only just playing the guitar, but really like doing a deep dive on learning uh, different types of tone, especially on electric or guitar, uh, acoustic guitar. And, and um, you know, I've, I've been playing guitar for 26 years. 
And I thought, okay, I've, I've learned a few things. But then just to, to Google and, and, and do a deep dive on just all of the little things about how you can make your sound better. And I started doing all these things and my creative outlet grew and I'm excited about playing music again. And that has brought me joy. So just for uh, an act, uh, uh, quick uh, something to do, think about right now, just think about for the next five, 10 seconds, what is something that you have learned to do that and maybe perhaps in the last even six months or a year that you didn't know how to do and how did it cause you joy and happiness? So think about that, okay? And what were the benefits that brought that joy and that happiness? And I wanna encourage you, always find new things to do. Don't be just doing the same thing over and over because it's when we challenge ourselves, when we, 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 when we learn to try something new, okay, whether it's cooking or knitting or uh, speaking, <laughs> uh, whatever it may be, it's not always gonna be easy at first. In fact, some people say, hey, if you really truly wanna go, grow, find something that you're not good at and just intentionally learn and, 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 and by that, you learn from the positives as you grow along and it's not something that it's gonna happen perhaps overnight. It might take a couple days, it might take years, but it gives you purpose and there's joy in that journey. And I think that's something that we don't necessarily talk enough about as well. You know, when you've been on a trip, maybe uh, you went on a hike and it was all day and it was miserable. You didn't have enough water. Uh, you didn't bring enough sunblock. And, and you're thinking, you know, 10 hours in, this is the rid most ridiculous, dumbest thing I've ever done. Of course, you come back from the trip, you rest up, maybe even by the end of the week, or maybe a month later, you thought that was the most epic trip ever with my friends, because even though it was miserable, it was something that we did together. And so do things together with your friends, with your family, because in that, the journey, even though there sometimes can be struggle, makes it that much better. In Philippians 4, verse 8, talking about mindset, it says, what, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And it's something that I think we have to be cognizant of. Again, going back to what are we feeding our hearts and our minds is be cognizant of what you feed yourself, not just physically, but mentally. Now, I'm not saying, of course, that you just deal with all of the negativity because there's just challenging things out there. But to be cognizant of the fact of, hey, what are you feeding yourself? Feed yourself healthy stuff. And then with the challenges, by having a positive mindset, we can face those uncomfortable, challenging situations. We can find happiness in the scriptures and living as Christ did. <clears throat> you know, there are plenty of lessons that we can glean from Jesus alone. And if we truly 
emulate him. If we learn to speak well of others, to not being worried about judging others and having this 10-foot log coming out of our eye. You know, Jesus talks about the plank. It's literally a plank, you know? And of course, when you look around, everybody notices it's that uncomfortable situation where you're saying something, but you know, every, everybody knows that you're just as much of a hypocrite, right? Or, or being salt and light. Or even if you really truly wanna live a great life, follow the 10 commandments by loving God with everything and loving your neighbor as yourself. There's true freedom in that because you don't have to worry about, oh, if I treat everybody well, I'll be treated well. Now, we can find happiness in family and community. We are not called to go through life alone. We are built for community. In fact, in the Bible, in the very beginning, what does God do? He creates this whole world and Adam and Eve for community. And again, at the end, what is the last picture in Revelation? God being with who? God's people. So it's something I know we've talked about earlier, but just as a reminder, happiness is found in family and community. There is much joy and happiness when you're around your family and especially your friends, because what do you want to do? You want to have fun, share a meal, share jokes, watch a funny film, whatever it may be. There's a, there's a, a story told of um, uh, a little girl, and they were, uh, she and her mother were in a restaurant, and they were having breakfast. And when they walked in, there was just this somber, somber mood. The regulars were in there. And <clears throat> there was in particular one guy who was at the counter and he was stirring his, uh, his drink. It was either coffee or tea. And when they sit down, they order, they get their food. And when their food is presented them, uh, the mom begins to eat. And the little girl says, mom, why didn't we pray? And everybody like kind of perked up. And, and the waiter or the waitress, she says, oh, honey, you can pray, it's okay. So everybody in unison just collectively bowed their heads. And the little girl, so cute, she said her prayer. God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food, amen. How many of you learned that prayer growing up? Okay, there's a handful of you, all right? I didn't learn that growing up other than when my little sister who went to a little, I think it was a Lutheran church preschool, learned it there. And so she shared, she always was the one who prayed, I think, in the mornings. And it's something that has stood by. And after this, the mood in the diner changed. And <clears throat> the waitress thought, man, this is great. Maybe we should do this for every meal. But there was, uh, by her example, the, the man who was stirring his drink, he said, <clears throat> all of a sudden, sorry, my, we all of a sudden, my whole frame of mind started to improve. From that little girl's example, I started to thank God for all, all that I did have and stop majoring in all that I didn't have. I started to choose happiness. Now this one little girl, because she was out with her mom, set an example. 
<clears throat> spending time. And there became this little community here in this diner. And one little thing led to growth and happiness, especially for this man. So having a heart of gratitude, being thankful, brings joy and happiness. And by our example, people are going to have to think about, hey, perhaps I want that. What makes them different? Finally, we can find happiness in giving and serving others. There was actually a, a, a survey and a, a study done uh, many, many, many years ago based on the golden rule. I think it was, um, it was done by the child behavior research, uh, researcher Rimlin, uh, Bernard Rimlin. And his point was, the happiest people are those who help others. And so everyone who was asked to be a part of this study were uh, asked to list, write down 10 people um, who they knew best and then label them as happy or not. And they were to go through the list again and label them as selfish or unselfish. Uh, and then with the, this definition of a stable tendency to devote one's time and resources to one's own interests and welfare, an unwillingness to inconvenience oneself for others. And after going through all of the results and, and all the surveys, Rimland found that people labeled happy were also generally unselfish. And he wrote those whose activities are devoted to bringing themselves happiness are far less likely to be happy than those whose efforts are devoted to making others happy. His point, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. There is great joy in being able to serve and help others. As a kid, I thought, oh, Christmas and my birthdays are great. <laughs> but as I've gotten older, I found far more joy in being able to serve. Frankly, I mean, you all are a reflection of that. I, every October that I've been here, you have lovingly affirmed the ministry that I've been here by just sending me notes, little things. And it's been such a huge, not only vote of confidence, but also to see, I'm not trying to do this because, um, I'm just doing it because it's a labor of, it's, I love being here. And I love working with you all. You all make this so great and so much fun. And when it's truly from the heart, man, I'm not motivated by money. I'm not motivated for, uh, it's because I wanna be here and because I want to serve alongside all of you. And so giving, serving, May you not only find joy and happiness, but share that with others. Find ways to serve others and bring joy and happiness to others. And with that, to close with, let's not hear. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know that I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who, what? Strengthens me. I hope and pray that this series in the book of Proverbs 
has been a joy and in a journey. I hope that uh, for those of you who've been reading a proverb a day <laughs> has uh, brought much um, joy and thought. Prod, prod your minds. May you be blessed. Next week, we're going to talk about faith. And I look forward to continuing this journey with you all. Let's begin with prayer. I mean, end with prayer. <laughs> Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together today once again. We just ask that you will continue to be with us. Help us, Lord, to seek your wisdom as, as Proverbs so clearly states. Help us to make great decisions. And Lord, above all, help us to be a people that is not only joyful, but happy, and to share that joy and happiness with others. May we not be caught up in just buying and accumulating, but having relationships and sharing and giving with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everybody. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.